Hey, hello and welcome to another episode of the Southside Trap Podcast, podcast to help you stay on side with the Chicago Red Stars. It's your girl, Sandra, and we're finally back after a brief hiatus. Uh, shout out to everyone hanging in there, uh, waiting for us to return. Uh, had a little bit of a family stuff come up and had to take a small little bit of leave there to take care of those things um so thanks everybody for your support i really really appreciate that uh especially my friend homie and colleague claire Watkins, aka the scam originator if you love claire as a co-host uh she's an even better human and friend in real life and uh i'm real excited to get back to talking about the chicago red stars with her on the podcast even if it is some lawsuit that we got to recap tonight. How are you doing tonight, Claire? Oh, I'm good. Thanks, Sandra. You're a good person and friend, too, and I'm happy you're back. Yeah, feels uh, feels good to be back. I just couldn't. I just I love mess. I just couldn't wait to come back and uh, talk about this stuff. Some things happened um, while we've all been away. The Red Stars have now officially put themselves on a three-game losing streak, and we have to discuss two of those. So what we're going to kind of do here is a fun thing happened. Uh, I was at that Orlando game, so I'll, like, I'll try to briefly talk about that painful event, and then I wasn't really around or present, like present online for that uh, Portland game, but I know Claire was able to sort of participate and take all that in, so she's going to be more the expert on that match. Uh, but yeah, two, two win, there are two losses to go along with that loss against sky blue that we recapped, uh, shortly before this episode. And, uh, yeah, man, not, not feeling too great about the red stars right now. Uh, but we're going to dip back into August and, uh, recap this Orlando pride game. It was a midweek game and, uh, Orlando came to town with Alex Morgan finally sort of kind of not really lingering on that injury report. Uh, but some interesting things happened in the game, I guess, for the lineup, just to get that started. On that match, they had Alyssa Nair and Nat Turner Davidson, Sarah Gordon, Julie Ertz, uh, Casey Short, Morgan Bryan, Danny Kolopriko, uh, Yuki Nagasato, Vanessa Bernardo, Aaron Wright, and Sam Kerr rounding out the starting 11. And initially seeing this lineup uh, had a lot of the names that I think you expected to sort of see in this type of uh, match. Uh, but it was a little bit of a position uh, rotation there with seeing somebody like Julie Ertz uh, back in the uh, back line as, as center back while you had Morgan Bryan and, and Cole Aprico sort of running out the, the midfield there. So a lot, of, uh, <laughs> a lot of talent, again, on the pitch. And I know, Claire, when you and I previewed this match, uh, we both were like, this is a game you got to win. Like, right. win this game. Uh, you look, you're looking at a team like Orlando, um, even with some of the talent that they have, their veteran talent on their team, and and, and even I'm going to give them their props, some of their younger talent um, on their roster right now. And you still look at them, you look at sort of their lack of cohesion on the pitch and their record and all that stuff, right, how it sort of speaks to itself. And you, you wonder, you look at it and you're like, the rest of us are going to win this game, man. Like, you look at them, they're like, you're, they're just a better team than this other team, and they're, and they're going to win. And uh, an interesting thing happened, uh, they didn't. And it was real, real weird. It was just a weird-ass vibe on the pitch. Uh, don't know if you were able to catch any of the highlights of this game at all, because I do know you were, if I recall correctly, you were working. I was. I missed, okay. yeah. The, the Wednesday night games are 
are, are tough for me because I, I work after school. But um, no, <laughs> I didn't. No, <laughs> didn't do it. Didn't didn't do it. Well, let me tell you, buddy. You are the smartest person out of Actually, all. Actually, you know what? That's not true. You know, I did. I did watch uh, Sweet Tierna Davidson's first NWSL goal. I did that, watch that. That was the best. Yeah. Thing. <laughs> Let me tell you. Let me tell you. That was the best thing that happened in this match. Was the young legend yep. Tierna Davidson went ahead and got herself a 90th minute stoppage time goal for the Red Stars, and that was uh, about all she wrote. Another cool thing, actually, that happened in this game that people might may or may not be aware of. I don't know. A lot of time has passed since this game, so maybe you already know. But Chance the Rapper was at this game. True. And I just thought to myself, well, fuck. Why of all games was this the game that you saw? But uh, that happened. So while that was kind of cool in itself, what was happening on the pitch was really not so cool. You had the Red Stars um, sort of come out like they've been coming out in in these in these games this season just you know dominating possession right away and going ahead and connecting and being cohesive and you know showing everyone that they've got good chemistry in the pitch and then just a very very weird unfortunate thing happened within the first five or six minutes of the game uh where this Weird collision between Sarah Gordon, Julie Ertz, and Alex Morgan saw Al, uh, Alex Morgan basically go down on the pitch. And there was a, an, a delay in the match. Um, there was a, sort of just like a stillness within uh, the stadium because, you know, this, this is the Orlando Pride game. It's the Alex Morgan game, right? And there are tons of people throughout. And this is league-wide. It's not just when the pride come to Chicago and play the red stars league wide. Like you see an attendance bump for people who want to come out and see Alex Morgan. Right. So for a mid week match from the Chicago red stars in Bridgeview, Illinois, uh, ended up getting over 5,000 people for this type of match was a huge, huge deal. And the first five minutes of this match, see this, you know, this marquee player sort of go down. It was, uh, definitely a weird, unfortunate vibe going on within the match at this moment. And, uh, Kind of scary. There, you know, was call for the for the the paramedics to come on, you know, with with the backboard for her. Uh, but it looks like she ended up waving that off, and she was uh, Alex Morgan was immediately uh, subbed out very very early on in the game um, for Chioma Obogugu, and play ended up resuming in this match, like right around the 13th or 14th minute, and uh, whatever happened in that like. 13-minute period of time uh, for the Red Stars, it was enough to just see them not really get back into their game. It was, it's, it's really, it was hard to watch, quite frankly. It's hard to really sort of analyze or break down and explain right now. Um, there was still enough, re- like, still enough good, coherent play from the Red Stars to where you, you felt like this was going to to be their game um and then a very very interesting thing happened about 30 minutes into this match rachel hill went ahead and got herself better and opened up the scoring on this day and 
unsurprisingly, it just looked like from that moment, the Red Stars um, struggled a little bit. I, I would almost veer to say maybe even looked a little bit rattled um, and struggled a bit in terms of being able to get back into whatever their game plan was to start this match. Um, and it was just unfortunate to see, really, because, again, watching the lineups be rolled out, and you're just like, yeah, the Red Stars are going to – they just got to stick to their plan and stick to the soccer that they know how to play, and uh, they'll be all right. And yeah. they weren't all right. I mean, yeah, I wonder – I mean, when it comes to the idea of the Red Stars being rattled, I have to think that um, it didn't help that the Sky Blue game had, had just happened um, mentally, uh, where I have to think for them – and we can talk about this a little bit too when it comes to the Portland game. I think that they have trouble breaking psychological patterns, especially when the first couple of bounces don't go their way. Um, and so, you know, and I was, I was thinking about this because, you know, the, the really, the, you know, one of their best wins of the season was that two, one win over um, North Carolina. Yes. The big 17, you know, 17,000, fan game and and they conceded first in that game they have come back in 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 hard fought games but um I think they've forgotten that maybe a little bit I think that um when plan a you know and I think I think the team gets the team gets um criticized a lot for not knowing what to do when plan a doesn't work but I wonder a little bit too if maybe um that's because of the own psychological lapses that they make after plan A doesn't work in less about tactics and more just about um, belief a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I would, uh, I would agree, especially just with the, the handful of games and particularly this stretch of losses that we've seen them get themselves into again. I don't know if it's because somewhere in their minds, their team that, you know, maybe they're like, yeah, we are the better team on this pitch. And then you get scored on and you go, oh, shit, that's not supposed to happen. And maybe it's just like you said, like it just kind of rattles you a bit because that, right. that's what looks like what happened. Right. Um, for whatever reason, the Red Stars, we've said they, they're a team this year that wins a lot of games, but also loses a lot of games. Yes, I actually, you know what? I have a fun fact about that. Um, you should share it. Okay, so... <laughs> It's not really a fun fact. It's a statistic. I was I, I asked um, I asked this in the Equalizer channel because I wondered. Um, so the Red Stars haven't t- tied a game since um, the second week of the season, which Correct. means that they um, and they have played nineteen games, which means that they they've gone seventeen games without drawing, um, which has them tied for the second longest streak. Um, with no draws with the Orlando pride, actually in 2016, they went on a similar kind of win loss run. Um, the, that is impressive. isn't it? Uh, and so first the the only team that's gone the longest without a draw longer than those two teams, the 2019 red stars and the 2016 pride are the North Carolina courage, um, in the gap between 2017 and 2018 I think they went 23 games without a draw but that's a little bit different because that's because they were winning a lot of games um so I think it's I was very interested to hear that they shared that number with the 2016 pride (laughs) because I was kind (laughs) of like huh 
Yeah. That is kind of what's happening this year, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty, that's a that's a painful statistic, my yeah. friend. Uh-huh. I appreciate you I appreciate you sharing that so that everybody else can share in the pain. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't I don't um yeah, this team they they win like for whatever reason this season they they win a lot of games or now they're at the point where they're losing a lot of games. It's like so, they they win when they feel good and they lose when they feel bad. Um, it's weird. It's almost yeah. like they're women. Or right, something. exactly. <laughs> yeah, and it's but I think it's also like weird because it's like you know, like you mentioned, like we've seen them uh, go down against these sort of other heavyweight hitter type of teams, right, and not sort of uh, lose their resolve. Yeah. But then, like watching that happen against, you know, and my blue team right. or Orlando Pride team is kind of like well, and it's it's also weird too because. You know, this is where, you know, you and I probably both have in the backs of our heads what we would consider our analysis of <clears throat> the entire season to be um, as we near the end of it. And I think, um, I think, so imagine Chicago ends in third or fourth and they lose in the semifinal, you know, um, say that happens. Uh, you know, I think it would be easy, and I know we say this every year, but this impulse to say, oh, this is just more of the same. But this is a team that tied 10 times last year. They had 10 draws. This year they have two. I've never seen a team, like, play more differently while having, like, baseline similar results when it comes to points total than this Red Stars team with basically the same roster. Um, And I don't really know what to say about that let's just end the episode right (laughs) no it's oh man and it's again like just with this just with this orlando pride match in in particular again looking at things on paper versus watching this all sort of unfold on the pitch i mean you had the red stars just dominating in all these facets of, of the game whether it was just you know total passes or their the passing accuracy or total possession I mean my god the total possession was like 62 to 39 it was it's ridiculous to have that ball that much and then lose that game in the way that it was lost you know uh, there were no offside calls against the Red Stars which is amazing you know because when you have this sort of a bit of a lurking striker in, in Sam Kerr, like, you know, she she does. She gets, you know, an offside call, you know, pretty often. But none of that happened <laughs> in this game. There were no offside guys. You know, there were no yellow or red cars that were issued to the Red Stars. Those those all went to, <laughs> to Orlando. There there was a huge level of frustration as well for people watching this game in terms of the officiating. I don't want to harp on that too much on this particular episode because guess what? It's not great. And it wasn't great again, and the season's not over, so there will probably be another game in which the officiating wasn't great again as well. So I don't want to harp on that too much because I don't want to have it be this thing where it's like, well, the officiating is just bad, so we should be used to it. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is, bad officiating or not, this Red Star team should have beat this Orlando Pride team, and they didn't, and it (laughs) sort of sucked. So sort of watch that uh, unfold. This Orlando Pride team that didn't have Alex Morgan, they did not have Marta, and they got a red card. (laughs) 
And they got a red card. So it's like, come on, guys. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't want to say that um, a level of panic seeped in. But in halftime, being down a goal, right? Being down a goal to this Orlando Pride team in which you were playing okay against, you know? You maybe looked like, well, what the hell? We could see the goal to the Pride in the third, fourth minute. Shouldn't have let that happen. You know, hit the reset button, come back out. And uh, I don't know if it was a reset button or a scramble button or what kind of button was there in halftime that was pushed. But the Red Stars, when they rolled back out into this second half, they came back out in a completely different formation. You're talking about lining up in a box midfield. Oh, like some of us right. in the press I box. I heard like, about that. <laughs> yes. Those of us in the press box, particularly me and our other friend, homie colleague, John D. Halloran, were like, oh, my God, why? Are you doing this? It was a little bit of confusion. Like, it was just, it, it felt, instead of a formation, like, change to, I don't know. It, it felt more of a panic versus more of a, hey, this is just a new thing that we're going to try out. That's what it felt like, sort of, watching this unfold. It was, like, sort of this box formation. Turn to Davidson and Julian Yurtz got pushed into the midfield. Uh, looked like... Uh, I'm trying to remember, uh, Morgan Bryan was almost like a bit of a rotating 10 at one point. Uh, there was a lot of movement going on. And that's great. Like, congratulations, this Red Stars team is a, a team that is isn't no longer afraid to um, find themselves rolling out there or rotating into different formations. Uh, but I don't, I didn't feel like they were playing so poorly enough in that first half to where something that dramatic needed to happen. But maybe it was... Uh, a bit of coaching in the sense where it's like you wanted to maybe kind of jar up your team, right? Just give them a little bit of a jolt and sort of force them to kind of figure themselves way out of it. But uh, going into this formation and having players like Julie Hertz and Turner Davidson in the midfield, it did provide a little bit of a different look and a different feel for this game in the second half. But then in the 60th minute, Rachel Hill... And Chomo Bogugu link up again, but this time it's it's Rachel Hill on the assist for Bogugu, and she just <laughs> she just puts this ball away. I don't uh, just looking back on the goal. I, I'm not too sure if somebody missed their rotation or or what. Uh, Casey Short was playing higher, as uh, that's been asked of her a lot this season, and for whatever reason, Bogugu was just given all of this time and open free space to just wander into the box and uh she was basically left unmarked and this goal was put away and all of a sudden uh that panic that you didn't want to think was panic definitely looked like it became a little bit of panic because all of a sudden instead of being down one zero against the last place team and still having the better of the play you were down two zero against the last place team with no signs of really connecting on goal. Uh, the rest are for all the shots that they had in this match. Uh, only four of them were on goal. You know what I mean? So there's, you have to look at the, the quality of shots, shot selection and, and stuff like that. And, you know, maybe this type of match, it wasn't exactly there out of the 18 total shots. You're talking four on goal. So a little bit of a maybe lopsided statistic there, but um, down the stretch into this into this match, you saw things getting incredibly chippy. You know, Ali Krieger getting issued a yellow card, Fallon Sam Curry, you know, Alana Kennedy picking up uh, a red card after some really questionable tackles 
throughout throughout the match. And uh, on, what did we say? The, the best thing to what happened in this match was the Tierna David stoppage time goal, which came literally in the sixth minute of stoppage time for the Red Stars. Because so much stoppage time was added on to this game because of just sort of all of the madness um, that was taking place in the match. But uh, that was nice to see. Congratulations to Tierna Davidson for, for getting herself a goal in this match, but uh, came a little bit, you know, too little too late. And that was also something that was very concerning for me coming out of this match uh, because the Red Stars at this point in time, after this loss, had lost two games in a row, right? One against uh, Sky Blue and one against uh, Pride now to the teams that are in the bottom half of the league table. And both of those goals for the Red Stars had came in 90th minute stoppage time. And that was incredibly discouraging uh, from a team that's been really just showing us so much great offensive stuff this year. And uh, that was all really she wrote for this game. And on the horizon after this game, the Red Stars had Portland Thorns on the docket. Yeah. And uh, didn't feel good about that. And um, wrapping up this Orlando game, we knew that the the Red Stars were going to head to the West Coast, right? Um, take on Portland Thorns and be on a two-game losing streak. And then on top of all of that, we got a very curious uh, injury report, right, ahead of that game where several Red Stars players were on there, um, just sort of reminding everybody uh, that uh, if they weren't tired and exhausted, here is some textual proof that they are. Um, several... U.S. national players, uh, whether it was Davidson or Earths or, or Morgan Bryan were on there. You know, Colaprico nursing, what she's been nursing. Uh, Vanessa DiBernardo was back on there with the, the hip sort of issue. Uh, so all of this stuff, right, that was just sort of uh, this maybe almost a bit of, it felt like a little bit of in, like indicated looming, doom and gloom. Claire, what do you think? I mean, yeah, I think you're right. I think, um, you know, Rory Dames, uh, Friend, uh, friend, good friend of the podcast, Caitlin Best, uh, spoke to Roy James after the game in Portland, and he basically said that um, the goal in Portland uh, was just not to have anyone get hurt, um, which is a good, you know, that's a good goal to have. Um, that was their fifth game in 14 days. I get it. Um, but you know, with an injury report like that, you think to yourself, wow, they really might just be going to Portland with the only goal being not to get hurt. <laughs> uh, yeah. And yeah. that's a choice you can make, you know? Yeah. And I also feel like uh, it's not unfair to maybe, I don't think it's unfair to say that that's uh, not an unfamiliar choice. Right. I think that there have been previous Red Star seasons in which they've gone into Portland late in their season and uh, they've maybe felt a certain type of way about it and have uh, come out a certain type of way about it. I think over recent seasons, maybe their last three or four, the best late season result against Portland was probably what last year when they came out of there with a two, two draw um, versus some other ones where they've kind of come out of there a little bit wounded, you know, so um, I personally was unable to 
watch this game as it happened live. Um, that was when I got some family emergency news and that just sort of got tabled for me. Uh, I did watch some highlights and try to watch it, um, like at a later time, just as, you know, something to take my mind off of things. And it was pretty difficult to, to get through, but I know Claire, you were able to sort of watch this, this, this level of madness. Yes, um, so I'm going to roll out with the lineup and maybe you can kind of give me your spiel. Yeah, I got you. While you want to take on all this, but yeah. for, for the red stars heading into Portland, they, they lined up as followed, uh, despite the, the heavy injury report. Uh, there's Alyssa Nair in net, Turner Davidson, Sarah Gordon, Katie Nunn, and Casey Short rounding out the back line. Morgan Bryant, Julie Ertz, uh, Savannah McCaskill, Yugi, Yugi Nagasato, Vanessa DiBernardo, and Sam Kerr rounded out the starting 11 um, for this match. And I think something important to know for this particular <laughs> lineup is, is that still a very, very talented team, lots of great talent on that roster. And um, this being the third and final regular season matchup, for this team, for these two teams in particular, uh, it was nice to sort of see to see those players get out there and get this kind of game in uh, in that type of environment in Portland, uh, particularly maybe a player like Savannah McCaskill. Um, but I know that this isn't the same Red Stars team that went up against Portland very early in the season, nor was this the same Portland team that went up against the Red Stars very early in the season either. So uh, I think we just kind of knew it was going to have a certain kind of vibe to it, and that's what ended up happening. So why don't you give me your rundown? Yeah, um, well, not to not to be real Chicago about this, but you know, part of the reason that you need to pick up points against Sky Blue in Orlando um, is because – it's harder to get points against Portland. Um, and I would say Chicago right now is, you know, at this moment, they don't have to be playing their best games against Portland, but they do need to be picking up points. They're in a very tight points battle. Um, and so if this game was always going to kind of be a wash, like the injury report sort of indicated, um, that's why you win against Orlando. That's why you win against Sky Blue. And uh, so the game itself, you know, they were fine. They, you know, they or they started out fine. Um, pretty, a lot of good starts. Yeah, good I mean, that's what they, the exactly, right? Like, they, okay. they, they start out pretty well, and they were stringing passes together decently um, and moving the ball. And, um, and they just, I mean, I, I, I don't, the biggest thing is like, I, this is a conversation that we always have with these games is I think the, the scenario, the, the thing it's going to take for Chicago to go to Providence Park and win for the first time in a very, very long time, um, at this moment is going to take some special circumstances in the way the Red Stars are feeling because, um, the Thorns are very consistent. They're very consistently good. Uh, and um, this season's Red Stars team is has not been that team um, in the timing of which they've gone to Providence Park. The last time they were there was the Thorns home opener, um, and it was during that rough patch with, um, you know, the World Cup, the, the World Cup squad. And then, you know, this time they were coming off a two-game losing streak as well. And... Um, 
you know, the thing for me, the thing for me about uh, this game is I don't know how hard to be on the Red Stars about it because the Thorns are really good. And um, their defense held Sam Kerr, um, not and not in the way that like Sky Blue or Orlando did, but in a way where they completely took her out of the game. And um, their goals, the goals that they got, um, was a really beautiful give and go between Tobin Heath and Christine Sinclair. The second goal was a wonderful effort by Haley Rasso to get the ball into Midge Purse. And then I forgive me, I don't one hundred percent remember um, how the third goal happened. I know it was another purse goal, but I believe it was Sinclair who set that up. Um, and their offense is just really, really good. And Chicago's central defense this year has um, had good games. They've had good games and bad games. Exactly. And um, so I don't want to, and that's the thing where it's like, I don't really want to be like, ugh, it's bad. They need to change all of this sort of stuff. I just think that, um, that Katie Naughton and Sarah Gordon partnership is not consistent. And I think that it's specifically not consistent against a team like Portland. And we talked about this before, even that Orlando game on the last podcast, where it's just like their weaknesses, Chicago's weaknesses line up so poorly against the thorns. Um, and so that plus the psychological element, um, made it into, you know, kind of a tough game. Um, but also, I don't know. I don't know how hard I, I think for me that game was hard. I, th- I think, again, I think all of these games really weigh psychologically on these players. But I felt that way about the Sky Blue loss at home, you know, in in, in June. So, um, and then they bounced back, you know. So, uh, I think, I think for me is watching that game, I was like, they look pretty defeated. And then now they have to sit with that for two weeks. And that's either going to be good or it's going to be bad. And we're not going to know until we watch this game against Houston on Sunday. Um, It's the kind of game, you know, it's the kind of game that can make a team be like, wow, I wish the season was over. But it's also the kind of game that can make a team be like, no, we're better than this. We're going to do better. And I just don't know which one it's going to be yet. Um, Is it a concern for a postseason? Sure. Do I think Chicago right now, is guaranteed to make the postseason? No. So it's hard for me even to get too worked up in that context when they're still just trying to get enough points to even make a semifinal. Yeah, the positioning for the table is uh, incredibly real this this year for for many teams. You know, I think we're at this point of the season where for some teams, depending on the games that they've played to date, um, are anywhere from, you know, four, five, six matches left, right, remaining on their schedule. Um, And certain teams on a a given weekend can leapfrog another team or or drop. Chicago's actually gotten very lucky that no other other team, Utah, Rain, or, you know, Washington, none of them have been playing well enough themselves to, uh, to overlap them at this point. Yeah, it's been a real a real game of who wants these points right. and who wants to make the playoffs kind of vibe. Um, yeah, I, I think 
for this Red Stars team in this Red Stars season, um, there's been that weird little bit of luck almost to where they're just sort of maintaining what they're maintaining right now um, because of sort of the other teams around them or lurking around them, right, aren't able to sort of take advantage of their own opportunities. And the Red Stars are able to sort of um, sit where, where they're sitting. I don't want to say comfortably, um, but well, they're able to be there yeah. like they have been in years prior. Right. Um, yeah, they're not on the outside looking in just yet, but this is probably maybe a good pivot. Um, they, I feel like they have to just about win out. Um, they can't. I think, you know, we talked to, you know, they can't lose this game on Sunday. Um, they really, honestly, it's this crazy thing where, honestly, if they if they take care of business this week, if they rack up nine points from these three games, they might be fine. But if they drop any, they might be in real trouble. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, I mean, yeah, recapping a couple losses for you guys, we're going to pivot just like, Claire said, and go ahead and dive into this sort of Houston game. Um, Red Star is finding themselves on a on the end, the bad end of a th- three-game losing streak, and you're maybe sort of wondering, Sandra, what's worse than losing three games in a row? But I think it's the way in which they lost them. You know, um, like I said, uh, having their goals uh, come in a couple of those games and only in the 90th stoppage time, I think, is really a little bit concerning, to be quite honest. And then sort of. Uh, getting their most recent loss uh, against the Portland Thorns team, in which they were held uh, goalless, in which you know Sam Kerr was really just marked all game, um, just sort of seeing her, whether it was just Emily Mingus or double teamed or at times even triple teamed, and just I'm not, not sure. seeing I think, anything else going on. I think Chicago didn't that. get a shot on goal in the second half. I think that's yeah. the big stat. So concern, right? So it's not it's not just the three the the three game losing streak is the way in which they sort of lost these games, and um, they were able to sort of take some some time because of a, a bit of a FIFA window there. And um, some of the U.S. national team players uh, went off on a victory tour, and uh, players like Julie Ertz and Morgan Bryan went ahead and played themselves full ninety minute games uh, against Portugal. Uh, Lisanair got to see some time on the pitch, um, and now the Red Stars have sort of had this we were kind of break and, and now, now they're back. And now I guess we can really kind of say, I guess that real work starts for the Red Stars. They've got five games remaining on their schedule, um, kicking off three in the next eight days, starting with this match on Sunday. Right. That's Houston and, and uh, five o'clock in Bridgeview. Yeah. And um, yeah, it just, it, it's, I think not to just beat a dead horse of a phrase, but we're pretty much going to be saying that every every week here as right. we uh, recap these matches. Just they, they, had they, had the, <laughs> they had the opportunity to give themselves games to lose in this period of the season, and they did not take those. So um, that's mostly where they're at right now. And I also just want to say briefly, and I say this all the time, but it's true, Chicago's schedule has been insane. It's been rough. They played five games in two weeks. They got a weekend off, and now they're playing three in eight days. Are you kidding me? It's yeah. it's hard on me. I did get for us <laughs> covering it. It's exhausting. It's like I don't know. I don't know if it gets much worse than that when it comes to managing roster rotation. Um, 
I'm uh, I'm not about that tour life, man. No, don't, man. Miss, don't miss me to go on tour. It's rough. It's a rough life. Yeah, they have another. They have another road, like a road trip. They're probably gonna have to stay out there again. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. I, I think what could help, right, is a win true. this Sunday. Yeah. True. True. <laughs> against, yeah. Against right. Houston Dash. I think if you start off this next sort of series of of games, just looking at at these three coming up in particular. Um, you know, being able to start kick kick that off with a win at home, right against against the Houston Dash team that is sort of on the outside looking in, right, um, sitting in the kind of middle of the table at the moment, uh, and you absolutely have to believe that you know the Dash are are looking at this game and and wanting to sort of take advantage, right, of a team that's probably tired, um, that has struggled, right. And, and they're probably looking at this game themselves as maybe a bit of one of those quote-unquote six-point games, right? Where they for can sure. maybe sort of, you know, play a little bit of a spoiler for Chicago and yeah. their playoff plans right. and put themselves in a better position to try to make a run in the end of their season. And uh, I think something important to note, um, in particular, if you haven't already read my preview over at halftime, you should definitely go check it out. It's already up. But, uh, you know, Rachel Daly is, is back and available for this game if I remember correctly. True. And, um, you know, she's been a player that hasn't been available to play against the Chicago Red Stars this year, whether it was due to some sort of World Cup duty and a combination of, like, having to serve game suspensions that just happened to fall against the Chicago Red Stars. Is this Sofia Huerta's first time back? This is also Sofia Huerta's welcome home game. Yeah. I also noted that in my preview as well. People are going to feel some type of way about it. Well, you're going to call, I'm going to call it what we're going to call it. And the fact of the matter <laughs> is, Sophia Wirt to love Chicago yeah. is an adopted daughter. And this is her welcome home game. For so sure. deal with it, people who have feelings about it. Um, <laughs> I, it is what it is, man. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure she's had this one circled on her calendar for a while. <laughs> and, uh, you know, she may or may not have mentioned that to me. Yeah, right. You, to go you cover think, the you, game. Right, you're you like, know, you, just like you thought, huh, maybe she's had this one circled on her calendar. It's not like she like told you that it, or anything. It's not, <laughs> not like she got traded yeah. from this team that she was with for like three years, yeah. you know, a year ago. And it's not like she doesn't, you know, want to have a big game um, on this day. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think Houston's a team, Houston's a team that I, I would think, I mean, I'm not trying to disrespect, but I think probably their season's over. They're probably not making the postseason. Um, I'm sure they'd love they a mark- definitely fuck some shit up. <laughs> yeah, they'd love a marquee win, I'm sure, and they could totally do it. So um, I would think that for them, I think for them really messing up any team that like thinks that they're looking ahead uh, would, would be very good for them. So, yeah, I'm anticipating kind of a, I think it's going to be an emotional match. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be one of those. Yeah. <laughs> It's going to be one of those matches going to just take everybody out, mm-hmm. everybody watching, covering, and playing, probably. I think I think you're spot on with that. Um, yeah, my my players to watch for this game, uh, my preview I had for Houston, I think there's some – you look at Houston's roster, right, and you're like, yeah, there's Akelia Ojai. But for me, it was like more kind of Rachel Daly because she's finally going to, you know, get this game in against the Red Stars, uh, an opportunity that she hasn't yeah. had this right. season yet. And she, had yeah. to, she had to sit in the stands and watch two of those games. I bet she's ready to go. Yeah, exactly. And then somebody like uh, Sofia Huerta, who's, you know, had good games against the Red Stars this season. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if she maybe put together another good one 
um, in this match. Um, oh, hi. I'm a little less worried about. I'm just curious to see the matchup again against Casey Short. Um, and if they're going to start her on that side again, uh, just because the matchup between Casey Short and Ohio has sort of been one-sided um, this season. So we'll see how, how that goes. For for Chicago, um, I really want to see a strong performance out of uh, Vanessa DiBernardo and Yuki Nagasato. Uh, Sam Kerr has been working incredibly hard um, over this last recent stretch of games and unfortunately doesn't have too, too much to show for it except the a late stoppage time goal and just a lot of hard work and a lot of respect, I think really from defenders in the league, because everyone knows like if you want to beat the rest stars, you got to mark Sam Kerr, right? So um, taking Sam Kerr out of this equation, I would love to see Nagasato and DiBernardo get things going again for this team. Um, Nagasato in particular, you know, with five assists on this season to go along with five goals already. Um, I really think that this particular Houston Dash team is a team where Nagasato can maybe put together a special performance, and um, I'd really like to see that on Sunday. What do you want to have an impact on this game? Um, I think, okay, I think if... <laughs> If the midfield really is 100% healthy, I think if Chicago controls the midfield in this game, they will win it. Um, so, because because as I recall, the last Houston game, Houston did a really good job of controlling the middle of, of the field. Um, they just weren't able to kind of get that last, you know, product in front of goal. And so I think... If we believe, if we believe the Red Stars, and uh, we believe that Di Bernardo and Colaprico and Brian and Ertz are all 100%, I want whatever three that the coaching staff decides to go with to dominate the game. Um, and in that, I also want the coaching staff to pick the right three players. I don't know who they are. I don't know enough about how everyone's feeling, but um, that's what I want. I want them to pick the right three. Then I want those three to execute. Yeah, same. I would, I would agree with that. Um, I think just something important to know with this Houston Dash game, along with you know somebody like Rachel Daly is finally getting her shot at the Red Stars. I mean, this is a, a late season game against Houston Dash, and these prior matches didn't have any U.S. national team players involved in their previous meetups, and for this final match you're going to have players available like Morgan Bryan and Julie Ertz and Alyssa Nair you know as an option in that and Tierna Davidson who has sort of been on and off that injury report but has been playing sort of on limited minutes right who went ahead and got herself a goal recently um you know so I, I think that's just a positive for this Chicago Red Stars team and stuff like that is going to wake up the opposition. You know, I'm not saying that Houston's going to come in here lax. I, I feel like they're a team when they go up against Chicago, very rarely are they ever lax. Uh, but when you are going up a team that has that type of talent on it, you sort of want to match that energy, right? And sort of match that tempo. Um, so 
this being the third and final regular season matchup between these two teams, I think is, is going to be a little different than what we saw in their previous two matchups, you know, where we saw the U S national team players gone and Sam Kerr went and scored herself a brace in about five minutes or within five minutes in that first matchup. And then you had a very weird, gross kind of muggy, humid game. Um, without the national team player, the U S national team players again, and the red stars got a very early goal from Katie Johnson within the first six or seven minutes. And then just sort of had to play out (laughs) the rest of the game and then really sort of grind out that win. And, um, I just sort of feel like this game's are already automatically going to be different because of the type of players who are going to be available for this game, whether it's somebody like, you know, a Rachel Daly for Houston or, a, you know, Julie Ertz for Chicago. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, Red Stars are on a skid, so I can't sit here and be like, they're going to win this game, har har. Yeah, not going to do this. So I'll just say that I hope they have a good performance, that they can feel good about themselves and carry with confidence throughout this very crammed, week of games and hopefully it's a win yeah uh you said it that's all yeah nailed it that's all i got do you want to you want to let the people know where they can find you and uh your good work claire yeah uh i mean i am tasked with uh writing about what the hell is gonna happen so check that (laughs) out uh hot time in old town um and then you know, I, I also do stuff for the Equalizer. Uh, and, yeah, I'm, a, I'm around. Listen to this podcast. That's really all I got. It's a good one. We really just love this podcast. Uh, we do a lot of work in all kinds of places. You can find me in some other places. Um, I'll have your previews and stuff like that and stuff that you should have watched for during the match uh, over a hot time. Uh, every once in a while, I'll have a cool thing in other places. Uh, like Equalizer. Uh, most recently, I've got something up on All for Eleven, which is SB Nation's uh, women's soccer vertical. Um, in transparency, I um, I lost my grandmother recently, and that's uh, something that I've had to be dealing with uh, personally uh, with my family. Uh, recently said goodbye to her in some uh, funeral services uh, this week, and it was incredibly difficult. So uh, thank you to everyone for your support. I sort of just realized as we were doing this podcast that I didn't really actually uh, have the time to just sort of uh, thank everybody uh, for for their understanding and for all of their condolences and their support. I really do appreciate that. It really meant a whole lot. Um, and I even wrote a little bit about it. So if you have the time and if you haven't already, I've got that over at uh, All for 11 talking about sort of soccer and covering the red stars through their losing streak and then um recently losing my grandmother and stuff so uh feel free to to read that if you like but if you don't do anything else if you're not into reading if you don't like reading with feelings by all means respect that so you should just continue your support of the south side trap podcast the podcast that helps you stay outside with the chicago red stars and you can do that by following us on all social media channels. You can find us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Southside Trap Pod. That's with one letter P. And you can go ahead and uh, listen to us on uh, Podbean, Spotify, and iTunes. So you should go ahead and uh, find us, give us a like, subscribe to us, maybe uh, leave us a review and a rating. Uh, that stuff 
helps us out tremendously whenever we're you know trying to make our content for you guys so uh, go ahead and do that and uh, appreciate all the love and support and we'll be back with you guys uh, next week.